demographics refers to the statistics of populations and are the mathematical applications of sociology. They can be covered informally um, or formally. Um, there's a lot of different criteria. So there's age. Um, it's an inevitable process experienced by all people around the world. Um, there is the life course perspective or the life course approach, which is looking at an individual's age and cumulative life experiences when analyzing their personality, social status, health, and other social metrics. Um, there's ageism, which is discrimination based on an, a person's age or prejudice. Um, researchers group individuals based on age or birth year, known as age cohorts or generational cohorts. Um, they allow researchers to look at a population at a microscopic level. Um, there is the dependency ratio, which is the ratio of the number of members in the population that are not in the workforce to the number of members that are in the workforce, depending on youth ratio and age dependency ratio. Youth ratio is defined as the number of people under the age of 15 divided by the number of people age 15 to 65. Age dependency ratio is defined by the number of people over 65 divided by the number of people age 15 to 65 and it quantifies the economic burden felt by the working age populations in order to support the portion of the population outside the workforce. Then there is the stable population, when a population's fertility rate and mortality rate remain relatively consistent over a long period of time, and the distribution of populations among age cohorts remains fairly constant. Sex is biologically determined, and gender refers to society's notions of femininity and masculinity, Gender is a socially constructed set of ideas about what it means to be male and female. Gender roles are social constructs and expected behavioral traits. And once an individual understands these socially constructed behavioral expectations, they can adopt behaviors that project the gender, which is known as their gender identity. Um, gender segregation is a separation of individuals based on perceived gender, so such segregation includes divisions of male, female, and gender-neutral bathrooms. Gender inequality is the intentional or unintentional empowerment of one gender to the detriment of others. And then there's gender stratification, which is any inequality in access to social resources based on gender. And yeah. So there's race and ethnicity. Um, there's no uniform agreement about racial categories. Each society generates its own racial labels and makes race a social construct. So. Race is supposed to be socially constructed groupings of people based specifically on inherited phenotypic characteristics. Um, they want to group people by phenotypic difference, but they recognize that societies also group people by shared language, cultural heritage, religion, and or national origin. So that's what they call ethnicity. Um, ethnicity is also a social construct since ethnic labels and criteria for inclusion change from society to society and change over time. Symbolic ethnicity describes a specific connection to one's ethnicity in which ethnic symbols and identity remain important, even when ethnic identity does not play a significant role in everyday life. Um, there's a lot here. It's kind of self-explanatory okay sexual orientation can be defined as a direction of one's sexual interest um it has been divided into three categories heterosexual which is opposite sex bisexual both sexes and homosexual same sex um 
they may be a significant contributor to the person's sense of identity, and it may or may not be evident in their appearance or their behavior. Coming out of the closet is a big deal. Um, sexuality is an important area of research, but it's more fluid than people used to believe it, so Alfred Kinsey looked at this and used the Kinsey scale to see whether sexuality was described as exclusive or ex uh, hetero or exclusive homo. Um, there's the LGBT label, which is lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and it can be expanded to include Q, queer, I, intersex, or asexual. Um, there's the HIV disparity and mental health disparities. And there's immigration status, which is part of demography, so the nation's um, total immigration population is growing rapidly. Um, generational status refers to the place of birth of a specific person or that person's parents. And so first generation is someone born outside of their place of residence, and second generation refers to a person that has at least one parent that is foreign born. Um, then we have intersectionality. So this is the interplay between multiple demographic factors, especially when it leads to a discrimination or oppression. And then there are demographic shifts, which is changes in the makeup of a population over time. And then these shifts can be measured by considering population density, which counts the number of people per square kilometer of land area. And then for population projections that attempt to predict changes in population size over time, they can be assisted by using growth measures, um, understanding social structure changes, and analysis of other information. And we use population pyramids to provide a histogram of the population size of various age cohorts. Uh, fertility rate refers to the average number of children born to a woman during her lifetime in a population. So, there's also mortality rates, which is the deaths in a population per unit time. So, this is usually in deaths per 1,000 people per year. There's crude rate, which is the uh, certain population size over a specific per period of time and multiplied by a constant to give a whole number. Um, and then migration is contributed to population growth. Immigration is defined as movement into a new geographic space, while emigration is movement away from a geographic space. So migration can be motivated by both pull factors, which are positive attributes of the new location that attract the immigrant, and push factors, which are negative attributes of the old location that encourage the immigrant to leave. So the U.S. population is getting bigger, older, um, and more diverse through immigration, mobility, and intermarriage. Um, some of the important demographic statistics that I already kind of discussed. So fertility rate is children per woman per lifetime. Birth rate is children per 1,000 people per year. Mortality rate is deaths per 1,000 people per year. And migration rate is immigration rate minus emigration rate. And so demographic transition is a specific example of demographic shift that occurs as a country develops from the pre-industrial to an industrial system, economic system. Um, and there's a theory that explains this link between economic development and demographic shift in four different stages. So there's pre-industrial society, birth and death rates are both high in stage one, resulting in a stable population. Then there's stage two, which is economic progress leading to improvements in healthcare, nutrition, sanitation, and wages, causing a decrease in death rates, so the population increases total. Then there's stage three, which include, includes improvements in contraception, women's rights, and a shift from an agriculture to an industrial economy, causing birth rates to drop. And so as birth and death rate equalize, population growth hits an inflection point and begins to level off. 
Then there's stage four where an industrialized society has birth and death rates, both being low, and there's a total constant population. Then there's also recently been a fifth stage, which is the theory in which birth rates continue to drop and fall below the death rate, resulting in a decline of total population, where Japan and Germany have that. Then there's Malthusian theory, which focuses on how the exponential growth of a population can outpace growth of the food supply and lead to social degradation disorder. So there's math, mass starvation, and that's called the Malthusian catastrophe. Um, almost done, guys. So, guys and gals, days. I don't want to use that language. I apologize. Um, social movements are organized either to promote or resist social change. These movements are motivated by groups' perceived relative deprivation, which is a decrease in its resources, representation, or agency relative to the whole of the society, or relative to what the group is accustomed to from the past. So social movements can be proactive, which promote social change, and those that resist social change are reactive. So lots of examples of this. Civil rights, women's rights, gay rights, animal rights, environmentalism is all proactive, and then reactive is white supremacist, counterculture, anti-globalization, yada yada. Globalization is a process of merging of separate nations of the world into a single sociocultural entity and is relatively recent, spurred by the improvements in global communication technology and economic interdependence, and it leads to a decrease in the geographical constraints on social and cultural exchanges and can lead to both positive and negative effects. Um, <sighs> then there's urbanization, which is a dense areas of population creating a pull for migration. These cities are formed as individuals move into an established residency in these new urban centers, um, like Jerusalem, Athens, Timbuktu. And let's see, ghettos are defined as areas where specific racial, ethnic, religious minorities are concentrated, usually due to social or economic inequities. Um, then there are slums in extreme cases, which is an extremely densely populated area of a city with low quality, informal housing, and poor sanitation. Because cities are really homogenous with respect to their population makeup, so that's how these kind of occur. Um, then there's cultural sensitivity, which is a recognition and respect of differences between cultures and research ethics, and it's part of the biopsychosocial model of medicine. So it's important to know this stuff. Um, so yeah, we'll go into concept summary now. Um, so sociology, the theories and the institutions, so theoretical approaches provide frameworks for the interactions we observe within society. There's functionalism, which focuses on the function of each component of society and how those components fit together. Manifest functions are deliberate actions that serve to help a given system, while late functions are unexpected, unintended, or unrecognized positive consequences of manifest functions. Conflict theory focuses on how power differentials are created and how these differentials contribute to the maintenance of social order. There is symbolic interactionism, the study of ways in which individuals interact through a shared interacting or shared understanding of words, gestures, and other symbols. Social constructionism explores the ways in which individuals and groups make decisions to agree upon a given social reality. And rational choice theory states that individuals make decisions that maximize potential benefit and minimize potential harm. And exchange theory applies rational choice theory within social groups. Then there's feminist theory, of course, which explores the way in which one gender can be subordinated, minimized, or devalued compared to the other. Then we have social institutions, which are well-established social structures that dictate certain patterns of behavior or relationships and are accepted as fundamental part of culture. Common ones include family, education, religion, government, and economy, and health and medicine. 
and then speaking of medicine there's four key ethical tenets beneficence which is acting in the patient's best interest non-maleficence which is referring to avoiding treatments for which risk is higher than the benefit and respect for autonomy refers to respecting their right to make decisions about their own health care and justice persists in treating similar patients similarly and distributing health care resources fairly so we'll move on to culture. So it encompasses the lifestyle of a group of people and includes both material and symbolic elements, material being physical items like one associated with a given group um, or culture. So artwork, emblems, clothing, jewelry, foods, buildings, tools, and symbolic culture includes ideas associated with the cultural group. And there's cultural lag, which refers to the idea that material culture changes more quickly than symbolic culture, which makes sense. Then it's a cultural barrier, which is a social difference that impedes interaction between people. Language consists of spoken or written symbols combined into a system and governed by rules. A value is what a person deems important in life. A belief is something that a person is considered to be true. And a ritual is a, a formalized ceremonial behavior in which members of the group or community regularly engage. And it's governed by specific rules, including appropriate behavior and predetermined order of events. And then there's norms, which are societal rules that define the boundaries of acceptable behavior. And there's evidence that culture flows from evolutionary principles and that culture can also influence evolution the other way around. Finally, we have demographics, so the statistics of a population and the mathematical applications of sociology. So one can analyze hundreds of demographic variables. So age, gender, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation, immigration, immigration status are common. Uh, ageism is prejudice or discrimination on the basis of a person's age. Gender is a set of behavioral, cultural, or psychological traits typically associated with the biological sex. Gender inequality is the intentional or unintentional empowerment of one gender to the detriment of the other. Race is a social contract based on phenotypic differences between groups of people, either real or perceived. Ethnicity is also a social construct that sorts people by cultural factors, including language, nationality, religion, and other factors. And then symbolic ethnicity is the recognition of an ethnic identity that is not only relevant on one special occasion, but also in specific circumstances and doesn't specifically impact everyday life. We have sexual orientation, which can be defined by one's sexual interest towards members of the same, opposite, or both sexes. Immigration is movement into a new geographic area, and emigration is movement away from a geographic area. Fertility rate is a rate average number of children born to a woman during her lifetime in a population. Birth rate is relative to a population size over time, measured as the number of births per 1,000 people per year. Mortality rate is the average number of deaths per population size over time, measured as the number of deaths per 1,000 people per year. Migration is the movement of people from one geographic location to another. Demographic transition is a model used to represent drops in birth and death rates as a result of industrialization. And social movements are organized to either promote proactive or resist reactive social change. And then globalization is a process of integrating a global economy with free trade and tapping of foreign labor markets. And then there's urbanization, which refers to the process of a dense areas of population creating pool for migration or creating cities. And so that concludes chapter regarding social structure and demographics so i'll catch you in the next podcast i don't know why i call this podcast it's just me reading but next episode will be our last on the biology and behavior section which is gonna be social stratification thanks everybody bye